welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. My co-host for the first segment today is Karen Hibbert. We have a great guest with us today, somebody that you know really well. We do. I am delighted and excited about interviewing him All right. Today. So with us is the chair of Visit Manhattan or Convention Visitors Bureau. A lot of people still know it by Bernie Haney. Hey, Bernie. Hey, Jason. Hey, you, Karen. How are you? Thanks great, for having Bernie. me. Oh, our delight. So, Bernie, we always start these interviews out with having the individual here to give us their personal story and tell about how they got to where they are now. And so you're, of course, with Charleston Wilson. So talk about your path to Manhattan and Charleston Wilson. Well, it's a little unique just how I even got to Manhattan. Um, I didn't grow up a K-State fan. My parents went to Washburn University, and I did go to K-State golf camp for one week. That was my first exposure to Manhattan, Kansas, and it was at the K-State Recreational Complex, hitting golf balls out on the, the rec fields. And Mitch Holtis was a friend of my father's, and he was currently the voice of the Wildcats at the time, and just asked if I would like to come up and learn a little bit about what it takes to be a broadcaster, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity, and came up when big country Bryant Reeves was playing for Oklahoma State and broke the backboard in Bramlage Coliseum, so it was a memorable day. Uh, got a chance to meet a lot of great people. He, uh, he invited me to be the future statistician of the Wildcat Radio Sports Network. Um, I was considering some other opportunities. Um, but I thought this one would be hard to pass up. So I probably had less than maybe five trips to Manhattan at that particular time. So I didn't know much about this community or much what I was getting myself into when I committed to come to Kansas State, including when I came up here for my first uh, move-in day at a fraternity, I didn't know where to go. I was kind of lost driving around Manhattan, which wasn't very tricky at the time back in 1993. Obviously, one thing led to another. Um, had a great undergraduate career at K-State. Wasn't ready to leave just yet. Became an admissions rep for Pat Bosco. Had a great learning experience and recruiting students to Kansas State University. Uh, worked for Amy Button Renz over at the Alumni Association. A brief stint to go get my master's at Wichita State and had an opportunity to come back and work for the athletics department and the K-State Golf Course Foundation for the last 18 years. And uh, what a wonderful experience to, to be a part of 18 of the 20 years of Colbert Hills at the time, which is the number one daily fee course in Kansas right here in Manhattan. And uh, just decided it was time to try something different. So now I'm a new producer, new insurance agent over at uh, Charleston Wilson and insurance that's been around since 1929. So now be a part of something that's uh, a great heritage. And you didn't mention, where did you grow up? I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. Okay. So Bernie, you are one of many, but one of the guys that I really appreciate because you bleed purple and I appreciate you sharing that story. So not only as you uh, became indoctrinated in our community, share with us a little bit about how that you then became involved with Visit Manhattan. Well, during my time and the reason I came back to Manhattan after uh, working on my master's uh, down at Wichita State, uh, the opportunity was to host a NCA Central Regional Championship at Colbert Hills in 2003. They needed somebody to raise the money for it, help put it together for the 30 teams that were going to come here. K-State was one shot away from getting the NCAA Golf Championships that year, which is the closest they've ever been in playing as a team in the NCAA Championships. But when I went through that experience, I had to get to get to know a lot of people in the Manhattan community, number one, to raise money from, but 
number two to ask uh, for assistance with in a variety of different things. And including of that is tourism and development and the CVB and getting packets for the teams and dropping them off at the hotels. And so that was really the first learning experience. And then, you know, fortunately, you invited me to be on the CVB in 2005. Yes. It was my first experience, along with the Manhattan Area Sports Council. And so... Um, just really enjoyed the people, the chamber staff, and then also it was an opportunity to learn learn and meet other people in tourism and hospitality and how they do it and how can we make ourselves better up at Colbert Hills um, and being a tourism destination. And as you've had those experiences, certainly you've understood the importance of volunteering. And talk a little bit of, over the years as you've been involved with Visit Manhattan, when you think about those volunteers, do you still see an opportunity um, and in volunteering and how can we do a better job of getting and gathering those volunteers to become involved with us? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of personal preference in terms of if you want to give back, right? And and which areas do you want to put your discretionary time in and how you can give back? And also a little bit of, of is it going to benefit maybe the profession you're currently in? So I felt like it was going to be definitely a benefit to get involved because I'm going to need to utilize the resources of the hospitality industry uh, throughout my career with the K-State Golf Course Foundation and Colbert Hills. And I think for a lot of people, we just need to ask. A lot of times if we ask, a lot of people want to know a little bit more about it. But then you know, currently this year, we had invite three new people to be part of our CVB steering committee. We went outside the box a little bit mm-hmm. to think about who those individuals were going to be. Once we shared more information about what the responsibility is, all three of them said yes. Yes. And I think they've been great additions to our CVB steering committee. And, and I think moving forward, uh, I just think it takes a little bit of a inv- invitation in terms of really sitting down with people and let them know what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, Bernie, let's go bigger picture a little bit and talk about why tourism is important and why the average citizen in Manhattan should care about tourism and our ability to attract people. Besides the obvious of of generating more money for our local economy and creating jobs in our community, like I said, my first experience here was in the early 90s. I mean, look at Manhattan today. Um, A lot of development in terms of the creation of businesses, the expansion of Kansas State University in a variety of ways. It's the infrastructure changes that are taking place currently, as we all experience on a daily basis, um, CMB developed because of the changes that have happened in Manhattan. That's the neat thing that's kind of come with it. But I mean, there's just a lot of things that I think that could take place here in Manhattan. We've heard even back in the day that Manhattan was going to double in its size, right? And we continue to see the development and growth, and we got to grow with it as a community. Luckily, we have great leaders such as yourself um, within the chamber staff and obviously our uh, local government that that we're going to continue to make progress, um, not only for the citizens in our community, the tourists that come in our community and people that want to move here in the future. So what role does Visit Manhattan play in helping attract people to the community? Well, I think the biggest thing that I see is they are the communication vehicle. Obviously, I'm ingrained that I get to see, you know, what's in the budget and how we spend our money. And we do a lot of it, obviously, through communication outlets, whether it's through our Visit Manhattan magazine, billboards, social media has been a big thing. The new website, make sure that you have a chance to check it out. So there's just a lot of things in there that we get to do in terms of promoting Manhattan via the communication for all the local chamber businesses, um, not just tourism and hospitality, but it's really everybody in the community and trying to encourage people to come check out the Little Apple. Bernie, you talked about in 93, the community looking a lot different today. 
than it did in 1993. Um, why do you feel that Manhattan is more positioned to attract meetings and sporting events today than we were in 93? I think a lot of it still has to do with maybe why even I stayed in Manhattan a lot of times. And you hear this a lot, but certainly the atmosphere here um, is very genuine and friendly and it's just something the beautiful sunsets that we see in the evenings and, and driving by the football stadium to other things around campus some historic districts like aggieville and downtown um, even the beautiful scenery out of tuttle creek i mean there's just a lot of uh, things that uh, are attractive in this community and i think with the atmosphere i think people number two um, it's just a Great people around here. A lot of people that um, not just bleed purple, but they bleed Manhattan, mm -hmm. Kansas. And um, they want to see this community do well. And, and a lot of people that are supportive and get involved in the chamber or get involved in uh, other things that uh, they can get involved with within the CVB or, or whatever it might be. So I would say that. And I mean, the, the thing I, that I've been passionate about a little bit, too, and, and was fortunate to be part of the Leadership Manhattan class this past year is... I've got two kids, right? And and what are we going to continue to do for our youth in this community in terms of um, making it a better experience for them, right? What are they going to think about that next 20 years? Right. And so I think with the expansion of our recreational facilities, and we're going to be able to tap into that on a tourism level as well, that it's going to be important for us, obviously, to, uh, to continue to think down the road, big picture, and what's in the future for our youth. Bernie, the Convention Visitors Bureau and the Chamber have been uh, tightly connected for a number of years. Um, why is that partnership between those groups so important? Well, strong local businesses will attract tourism. And I think it's important that the Chamber support those local businesses in a way that they can be positive, they can be moving forward, and they have a chance, obviously, to help in that thing that they're going to attract people. What's great is not only is it tourism, people want to move back to Manhattan as well. And so that's part of it, right? They become tourists, and next thing you know, they're like, hey, this would be a great community to live in. And then obviously they become residents at that point in time. And I think that all goes hand in hand with the Chamber and the Convention of Visitors Bureau together. Yeah, and of course, as chairman of the Visit Manhattan Board, uh, you get a seat on the Chamber Board. So talk about what that experience has been like. Yeah, that's been a unique experience for me. Not sure that it was going to be something that I was uh, going to have an opportunity to be a part of at some point in time. Definitely have learned a lot in terms of the policy nature of what it takes to be on the Chamber Board, but also some of the ag advocacy groups and things that people are working on to promote Manhattan better. But I think the other thing, too, is just getting to know other business leaders in this community. And there's just a lot of uh, great people in this town. And how can I help them with their endeavors to, to make Manhattan better? So, Bernie, what is something about Visit Manhattan that the average person might not know? Well, I think two things. Number one, we saw during the COVID time that uh, tourism has certainly has an economic impact. And it really involves economic development um, in a variety of different ways. And we saw, obviously, the hospitality industry was hurt uh, during that time period. So it'll be important for, obviously, that to pick back up. I think, secondly, the one thing I didn't really know about, especially when I got involved back in 2005, was how the uh, CVB was funded. And it's funded through the transient guest tax dollars. And so those are people coming from out of town. Um, they come in, stay in the hotels, and there's a certain tax associated with it that goes into a fund. And it's divvied up a variety of different ways, but it makes up a very large majority of the CVB budget, which obviously 
spends its money wisely in terms of how it can promote and encourage more people to come visit the Manhattan community. So, All right. Well, Bernie, thank you so much for your leadership um, over the last couple of years with the Convention Visitors Bureau, and thank you for um, being engaged with the board. And thank you for being on the Think MHK podcast today. Thanks for having me. The Think MHK podcast is brought to you by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe and like the Think MHK podcast on your preferred podcast provider, and you will never risk missing an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. To find out more about today's topic or other chamber activities, please go to manhattan.org. And now back to today's show. Welcome back to the Think MHK podcast. My co-host for this segment is Karen Hibbard. Hey, Karen. Hey, Jason. Why don't you introduce our guest for the segment? I'll be delighted to do that. Today we have with us Belinda Snyder and Joy Athon that represent Whoville. You might ask, what is Whoville? And I believe you two could share with us what that's all about. Whoville started when Colin Noble had a brilliant idea to brighten up the area that is now Blue Earth Plaza. It was the new development, seemed a little bit dark, especially in the evenings, especially in the fall. So he thought, why don't we put up a big Christmas tree? And so he met with Brad Everett, Gwyn Riffle, and Wade Radina, and they all jumped on board, and it has grown exponentially every year. This is going to be our ninth year. And so we formed Whoville because we thought it was a fun name, and it's all about togetherness and celebrating the holidays together. And of course, Whoville is the fictional town from the Grinch. But uh, to talk a little bit about Colin Noble, we all know who Colin is, but but Colin owns um, the Holiday Inn as well as some other properties in the community. Yes, he has the Holiday Inn Express and the Candlewood that are both down at Blue Earth Plaza. So obviously had a, he had an interest in brightening up that area. And the other three gentlemen you mentioned are all owners uh, of facilities or operate facilities in Blue Earth Plaza as well? Yes. Brad Everett is the manager of the Hilton Garden Inn. Gwen Riffle owns the building that is called Blue Earth Place that's on the south side of the green space at Blue Earth Plaza. Wade Redina has Redina's Bakehouse that's in that building. Tell us a little bit about how you arrived in Manhattan. Are you both native to Manhattan? I am. Uh, I grew up in Manhattan and I had been working for Colin. Well, now I've been with him for 26 years. So when it was his idea to do this, I've obviously been in it from the very beginning. Belinda, how about you? I came to Manhattan in 1984 to go to school, ended up um, owning and running a business here. And once I had sold my business 30-some years later, uh, I was asked to join the Festival of Lights Whoville Committee uh, as the fundraiser. And Joey and I kind of are the organizers, I guess, or or we became partners in crime for this. And as you took on the task of being the fund raiser, and that mm-hmm. is with a D, certainly it is a fun raiser that you are raising, and you have certainly created that. As you, as you help to bring the uh, holidays alive with the Festival of Lights, what all does that take to make that become a reality? I think, first of all, we, had, we do a lot of planning, but in the beginning, I think the fundraising is a very important part so we actually know what funds we have in order to execute the rest of the event. Yes, it, there's a lot of planning that goes into it that includes budgets and expenses and what we think that we're mm-hmm. going to bring in. So we do pretty well, try to plan our expenditures at least a year out. Belinda knows how hard she has to work yes. following the summer. 
So, Joe, you talked about the tree a minute ago, and, and Colin wanted to put a tree up. Um, is it true that that is the largest tree in the state of Kansas? It used to be. Oh, okay. I, I think there might be another one now, so we had to stop staking our claim on it um, with technology. Other people have, I like to think that they saw ours and thought it was great, so they mimicked us, but uh, it's it's still very close to the to the tallest. So should we just go buy another tree or are we, are we just going <laughs> to keep the one we have? Or Well, if you would like to find an extra $40,000, we can add another uh, four feet to it. So we're just going to keep the tree we have then. <laughs> yes, how how right. tall is the tree exactly? It is 68 feet. Wow, that's a that's a big tree. Yeah, it include, that includes the topper on it. Uh-huh. And so when did that go up the first time? The first year that we did this was 2013. Okay. And we've done something every year to it. It started off... Uh, four feet shorter. We've also redone the topper. We've redone the lights. So now, obviously, the uh, supporters of this are the businesses in the Blue Earth Plaza. But um, other than, I mean, it, the Blue Earth Plaza is the perfect place for this event, correct? What talk about that and what what it is? You know, what what it does to that plaza, and then the people who come down. And of course, you have all the great parking in the garage. And so, talk about how that impacts the plaza area. I think we were one of the first people to actually use it. I think it uh, brought a lot of notoriety to it. Um, it woke the city up, and they've been very good about upgrading the electrical outlets and making it available for other people to have events there, too. And now everybody really knows where it was. We used to get the question all the time, where is Blue Earth Plaza? But we don't get that much anymore. Talk about all of the other events that happened. Certainly the lighting of the tree the night after Thanksgiving mm -hmm. is a very much a tradition that you have established uh, for residents and visitors alike here in Manhattan. What other events do you have that uh, tie into the holiday season? Children's Carnival, along with a ice sculpting event, which we have done years past. It is the first Saturday of December. We stay very consistent with Black Friday and then the first Saturday. Uh, different events do go on down there. Those are our actually two sponsored events that Festival of Lights put on ourselves. So you set the stage, if right. you wish, uh, for the holiday time. Yes, and we keep our display on all the way through January 1st. Mm -hmm. And so, Karen, that's that's a question I might have for you. I know this is something that you all have worked on this year in terms of, of accumulating all the Christmas activities that go on uh, in Manhattan. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, the Festival of Lights certainly is that, that marquee event that starts things off. And then to tie that all together, there are many holiday events that take place. So uh, there is, we have been um, working diligently on bringing to life called the Spirit of the Holidays, where you can go to our website, visitmanhattanks.org, that will take you to the respective entities' websites to talk about the Festival of Lights, the calendar of events that are happening, their events that are going on, as well as there are a variety of activities that happen across the community, from carriage rides to special lightings to the parade that will happen um, during the holiday season. It, the Santa, we've got a special Santa event that will be taking place this year that will be a new um, new activity. There's marketing activities that are taking place so that it really puts in the forefront uh, to our visitors to get them to come back to shop, to dine, to um, help Santa fill his bag for uh, 
their own for families to celebrate in their own in their own way. So the spirit of the holidays featuring the Festival of Lights is really a, a fun thing because we really do want Manhattan to be that destination where people can come and make memories here in our community. Yeah, and I think people have looked at the Festival of Lights as an anchor that we can make Manhattan the Christmas center of Kansas, and, and people will come visit uh, Manhattan during the Christmas season. So obviously you talked a little bit about the fundraising, but this is not just a couple of months of work for you all. This is a year-round process. What What are some of the things that you all are doing throughout the year to make sure that Festival of Lights is a success? Well, we plan from the time we finish until, you know, it comes around to almost Christmas in July again. Our fundraising is a little unique in the fact that we don't do fundraisers such as silent auctions or host events where people actually pay to come. All of our fundraising comes from either the private sector as to someone wanting to just send us a a check of any size to our businesses throughout Manhattan along with with the chamber the the visitors bureau um, everyone pitches together and it's basically going out talking to you about the importance of this for the community the importance of it for the children for the families yeah. so I have a, who has to go through and make sure all the lights work that's that seems like a lot of work it's a combined effort yeah. you know uh-huh. we do get some help from the community mm-hmm. if something's out we sure hear about it june with master landscape is who installs the lights that line the streets with those trees and also the north end tree that has thousands of lights mm-hmm. that that line the branches in the different colors whoville certainly has created a magical spot um, as you go down whether you're there for the lighting in the tree or throughout the duration one of my favorite things is to go down and see children and their families um, be able to experience the the tree and then all of the other fun things that are there you have photo op that is provided with the sleigh where they can climb in and and pretend uh, that they're taking a magic ride. Uh, You have the opportunity to drop a letter to Santa. You provide a lot of magic for those families. Who takes care of those as you are really Santa's elves? uh, As the letters come, as the magic happens, how many people does it take to help make that magic become a reality? We have a lot of help. Uh, Brad does a lot because he's right across the street. So he empties the letters from the mailbox, and we give them to the young trustees. And they are our little elves, Mm -hmm. and they actually write letters back to these children. Wonderful. So they actually get a letter back from Santa Claus. Wonderful. Everything else, we just have spreadsheets, and we tick people off the list and go down, make our phone calls, our emails, our text messages for months and months. Besides funding, how can someone else get involved? We always need volunteers, especially for the family Christmas carnival. Organizing, getting everything together, setting it up, taking it down, and then we have games and that type of stuff for the children during the carnival. So we need responsible adults to to help guide the kids and, and keep everybody safe. So last year you obviously had a scaled back event, including a virtual tree lighting and, and other things. This year, full schedule, can you can you walk through the dates and, and what we can expect to see for 2021? The uh, tree lighting ceremony will be November 26th at 7 p.m. And the family Christmas carnival, Saturday, December 4th from 11 to 2. 
And again, the lights will be on until? Through January 1st. Through January 1st. All right. Well, we are super excited to get to participate in that again this year. We all missed it last year. And so we're all very excited to see the tree come on and, and get to go out to the carnival and see everybody. So Belinda and Joey, thank you for being with us today. Uh, we appreciate it. And good luck on this year's event. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you.